when you know what you don't want, it's much easier to find what you do want and to design your life around that. This episode is considerably longer than most and is extremely intimate, covering external observations about current times, as well as details about childhood abuse that Nicole experienced. If you are especially sensitive, you may want to skip this one and rejoin us next week, where we discuss how to eliminate blame, shame, and guilt from your life. You're listening to Growth Seekers Welcome, Modern Philosophy for Abundant Living, a podcast where we discuss topics that matter for the purpose of elevating consciousness and eradicating poverty. If you haven't yet downloaded our free guidebook and bonus cheat sheet to help you revolutionize your relationships, you can do so now by visiting growthseekerswelcome.com and clicking on the free gift link. Inside you will find a practical six-step framework for eliminating conflict and fostering healthy connections. Please note this podcast is for entertainment purposes only and is intended for a mature audience. Episodes may be triggering, and you are only encouraged to listen further if you are of sound mind. If ever in immediate distress, please dial 911 or reach out to your local emergency support service providers. Never forget that your feelings matter and that this difficult time will eventually pass. Don't ever be ashamed to ask for the help that you need. The views, opinions, and the information expressed on this program are those of the individuals involved and do not constitute professional advice. We are not responsible for any losses, damages, or liabilities that may arise from the use of this podcast. This program is an extension of Nicole's life's work, and if you'd like to financially support our collective mission of elevating consciousness and eradicating poverty, please consider becoming a paid Growth Seekers Welcome member. For just $1 a day, your sponsorship contribution helps us produce insightful episodes like this. Plus, you'll enjoy special member-only perks like events and private Q&As with Nicole. You can learn more at growthseekerswelcome.com. Your attention and support mean everything. If you receive value from what you hear, please leave a thoughtful rating and review on your preferred listening app and share the show with friends and family. Your encouragement is greatly appreciated. You wrote... There is so much to learn in the shared experience of how we manage our challenges. Nothing is as it seems, and often those that seem to have it all figured out at first glance have had and may continue to have real difficulties. This is such a great insight, and I would love to talk with you about that and your observations of recognizing that people who seem to have it all together They got there oftentimes through things that would tear others apart. Any thoughts on that? I do agree with that. You are a perfect example of that. Um, I've had my own challenges. I just, again, just reiterating what you've said about technology and how we're evolving technologically apart that everything is so binary and it seems I don't like to make sweeping judgments or generalizations but it seems they're just looking at the surface and there's so much criticism and vitriol and it's easy to criticize without thinking about the other person there's a lot of dehumanization it seems Mm -hmm. that that's what I've found 
and um, that it takes work to stop and think, well, there's more to this than just what's on the surface. Definitely. When we zoom out, because a lot of times I think people are looking outwardly and seeing something other than them and, and spewing whatever, whatever's coming out, you know, whatever is at their surface, they're pushing it out into the world. And when we see others as different from us, we, as you said, dehumanize. And when we zoom out and we go, wait a minute, what is the connection between me and this other person that I have a problem with or that I am frustrated by or whatever? Mm-hmm. What's the connection? Where are the similarities? What's the the likeness opposed to the dislikeness? And when we look at even so small or simple as we both bleed red, that's a connection point. And I think that that's the key to shifting from dehumanizing others to rehumanizing others, to remember that human, that the, the human condition is a condition. We are conditional beings. We are here for a short time and we all have a beginning and we all have an end. There is no human being who gets through life any other way, right? And when we remember that, then we can see, oh, wait a minute. Let me take a breath and ask myself, does this really matter right now? And if it does, why does it matter? And is that individual human that I am kicking a fit at, do they have a role in this or am I just screwing up their day now, right? Can they actually do anything to change my situation? And if so, how so? And if they don't, is that going to have an effect on me? And so how can I connect with them for the betterment of our situation rather than fight with them against and push them to push against me? Does that make any sense? It makes perfect sense. It does. But it just, I think when people are um, in a contentious situation, it really takes discipline and you have to want to stop and take a beat and think for a moment. Why is this person reacting? Why am I reacting? What is the real reason for my reaction? Because you can only control your own reaction. Absolutely. And I think that 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 is important that we all say, obviously you and I are saying this because we're on the conversation, but people everywhere are constantly talking about how disconnected they feel, how hurt they feel, the expectations they have of others that are that the others are not meeting, right? And this is what is commonplace in conversation in our society. And we have all these different shows everywhere that put others down. And we teach people through our entertainment how to mistreat people. And so people then, they tune into the entertainment that's mistreating. They talk about people mistreating. And then they feel mistreated, but not understanding that they are contributing to that. And it, if you want to change the way you feel, you have to feel enough that you want to change, right? 
Yes. You not only have to feel enough that you want to change, you have to recognize that there should be a change um, and that you desire something better. Internally. Because everybody wants to talk about what needs to change, like you were saying before, right? Externally, people are very critical. Internally, we criticize ourselves, but we don't tell other people that. And so if we can remove the critical, excuse me, if we can remove the self-loathing and be more compassionate with ourselves and say, hey, I'm feeling this and it's valid because I'm feeling it. That's enough. I don't need a reason. I don't need external validation to say it's acceptable that I feel this way. I know it's acceptable that I feel this way because I feel this way. Now, what do I do about that? Right. It's the doing that is the tough part, I think, for people to choose. A lot of, a lot of, there's a lot of propaganda and positive messaging out there. Like, just think happy thoughts and say nice things and be pleasing. And it's okay to, it's okay to feel the feelings. You know, there's a lot of this popular narrative that I believe further separates people because we say these things and we parrot these things and we share these things. But if we're not doing these things, we're not walking the talk, then it doesn't actually shift for the better. It just keeps us spinning on the same wheel. Agreed. I I see that as toxic positivity. Mm -hmm. And in many cases, it's coming from people who may not have had significant challenges. Although, I mean, that's so subjective Um, and certainly open to criticism, you know, my saying that. But I just can't stand (laughs) the people who are always, not the people, but the constant, just think positive. Oh, just smile. You know, some people just can't. There, there are obstacles and barriers to those things for them. And um, it feels like there's not a lot of listening going on. And people are concerned with how they feel, which is valid. Your feelings are valid, but not necessarily. Or, again, I, I don't like making generalizations. One should, when they have a feeling and it's causing a problem, ask themselves, why am I feeling like this? Is this person threatening me? Do I not understand them? So it's making me fearful. Has it triggered something uh, that's challenged in me in the past? But they may not know how to um, identify those things Mm -hmm. and then de-escalate and move forward a little calmer. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Where's the feeling coming from? What's the root cause of this? When we get curious and ask those questions, it's like, it it's so funny to me because people get frustrated and they go, I'm frustrated. I'm overwhelmed. And it's like, okay, great. That's fair. How do we get out of that? I don't know. I'm overwhelmed. Okay. Yeah. So would you like to get out of the overwhelm? Why are you asking me that? I'm just overwhelmed. It's like, <laughs> okay, peace. You know, bye-bye. Like, cause, because if you don't want to be a cooperative 
cooperator <laughs> in yeah. resolving overwhelm or conflict or whatever, then there's nothing that can be done about it. And you just get to sit in your own shit, really. Yeah. If you can stew. But we get to choose. And this is the really difficult part, I think, for people who are self-aware. I think the hardest thing is walking away. I think it's very easy for people who are not self-aware to walk away from others because they feel victimized or something to that or, you know, vilified or whatever the case may be. But for people who are self-aware to actually walk away from relationships that matter to them because the other person is not growing is very difficult. And it happens for all of us. Mm. Everybody is constantly growing at their own individual rate. And as we expand, we're going to pass through different relationships. And the way that the world has evolved, everything's moving so fast. And so a hundred years ago, it was not common to go through multiple romantic relationships, right? It was not common to be divorced. It was not common to not go down a path that was like the majority. But now we're in a different time and space reality. And so as the world shifts, as the environment shifts, the conditions shift around ourselves, our individual selves, we have to decide how we want to adapt to it. And everybody's adapting at their own rate, their own way. And people don't understand that they can love another person, even if that person is not walking the same path with them the way they used to. It doesn't make that person a bad guy. It doesn't mean you have to just, you know, that person's cursed now, or, you know, you, you can mm. actually go, hey, this is not working for me anymore. And how can we bring this to a pause or a close or whatever? But how can we both be at ease and at peace simultaneously and and be good with that? You know, and it's it's baffling to me because I know it's coming. I know that's where we're going to go. And at some point, people are going to recognize that, but it's going to take us some time. And it's like in that time where people are disconnected, there's so much pain, there's so much hurt, there's so much anger. And for myself, and I know for people who are more self-aware, you have to be able to just say, okay, I observe the situation. I accept the situation. I'm not disgruntled about the situation. I'm going to move into a new situation. Thoughts? Yes. Um, I wonder if the generation now of young people in their 20s and 30s will have a better time with these challenges than our generation and the generation before. Um, if you were raised by people born in before the first half of the last century, you know, there's a lot of, you know, just suck it up, pull yourself up by your bootstraps, stop whining and crying, 
uh, and not a lot of support of introspection. And then as we're moving forward and we are learning about examining relationships and how we feel, um, I'm just wondering if younger people will have a better time of it because, and move into the place you're talking about because their parents have rejected authoritative parenting and are open to communication. Um, and I also think that in some ways it's a blessing and a curse where we can change our minds about things such as marriage. Um, because there was a time where you colored in the lines and you had to stay inside this little box and the rules were very clear. Then as things changed and we could make decisions to change our lives and not have to, just using marriage as an example, mm -hmm. stay in a marriage that wasn't happy um, and it was more acceptable to have multiple relationships. The freedom of that also comes with the consequences of your choices. Mm -hmm. And if you are not prepared to analyze things, you'll be making the same mistakes over and over. Uh, and there's also, as far as communication is concerned, um, you know, vulnerability is scary. What does and that mean? Tell me more about that. Vulnerability is scary because I hear this, but I don't know what it means. Theoretically, I understand it, but I have never not been vulnerable. And that's something that I'm just now understanding, just like literally this year. People have always commented on how they appreciate my bravery or vulnerability or authenticity. I don't know how else to be, you know, like... <laughs> This is just who I am. And so it really has been such a fascinating year, you know, going through the the near-death experience, going through the terminal prognosis and coming out of it, you know, like it has been, there's been a lot and I'm understanding things in new ways. And, and this is something that keeps coming up. So can we talk a little bit about what does that mean when you say vulnerability is scary? Why? Uh because of fear, fear of loss, fear of rejection, fear of criticism. If you're standing there, your absolute naked self and sharing your deepest feelings with somebody, you risk their rejecting you. Mm -hmm. And that's a scary thing in the human condition, right? We are uh, very social creatures and to be completely rejected and shunned is quite threatening. I would love to talk more with you about this because I am, this is a really, I think, important conversation because again, I just never, I never experienced that fear. I literally, like I, I went through life being a hundred percent me. And I just had a conversation with a friend earlier about that. I'm intense. And so over the years, the older I get, the more, quote, intense I get, it's because there's a bigger gap between 
me being who I am and them not being who they are, Mm. them hiding. And so my quote intensity or vulnerability is threatening to people, but it's not coming from, I don't come from a threatening place. Like I've never hurt anybody intentionally. I've never hurt anything intentionally. You know, I've, I'm sure people have been hurt by my actions and I can't think of anything off the top of my head, but I know I would be able to, if I tried, I know I have hurt people. I have never done so to hurt people. And I think that that is, I think number one, that's something that is big um, because people want to hurt people. And I just cannot get my head around that. Like people will say, this person did this thing to me, or this person did this thing to my loved one. And so I want them to hurt. I want them to pay. I want them to suffer. And I, I just, I don't understand it. Um, I think that when people can think through their fears around what's the worst thing that could happen if somebody rejects me? What's the worst thing that could happen? And then work themselves through that. Once they get through it in their mind, then they're prepared for the worst case scenario. So what if it's not the worst case scenario, you know? And that (laughs) actually, I remember seeing, um, oh my gosh, what was that movie with Deborah Winger and, um, oh, she was in Texas, Lincoln, Nebraska, Shirley McLean was the mother. Oh, and she had cancer. Yes. And of course, everyone's shout, going to hear this and shout at us the answer <laughs> of the movie. Yes, that movie. The one that you're understanding right now as you're listening, but that we can't think of. Um, Terms of Endearment. Yes. Um, Good work. <laughs> so there's a scene in there where she's at the oncologist and um, and they and she says something like, um, I advise, tell my patients to plan for the best, but prepare for the worst. And I can't remember when that came out, but that stuck with me. And I appreciated that perspective of plan for, or what was it? What did I just say? Um, you hope for the best, but you you plan for the worst. You prepare for the worst. And and I've gone through my life when I face challenges or I, I face fears, whether it's around reject being rejected by somebody or just some complication that I, I see that I have to overcome, I think about what's the worst case scenario? Because once I understand the worst case scenario, I can prepare myself to overcome that. And anything else is gravy. If it's not the worst case scenario, yay. And so when it comes to relationships, why not just be who you are? Because I, for me, I would rather if somebody isn't going to love me because of what, for any reason, but if somebody isn't going to love me or somebody isn't going to like me, I would much rather know that right up front than invest years of my life and then find out later. Do you know what I mean? I absolutely know what you mean. It took me 
my entire life to come to that. Um, and only in the past decade have I really been able to analyze things with the very same question you posed. What is the worst thing that can happen? And I look, what are the worst things? You know what? They're never really that bad. Never. And I can deal with them. And knowing or anticipating what they might be makes it easier to plan. All right, what do I do if that thing happens? Um, but I think, you know, I think we're not necessarily taught to look at things like that. The, the thing that we hear the most is, well, this is how I feel. And just based on feelings, making decisions just based on feelings mm -hmm. instead of, you know, analyzing facts. Yeah. Um, the other thing is you also have an extraordinary life. You know, I listened to that, was it No Filter podcast mm -hmm. where you were interviewed and it may be part of your nature that you are willing to be vulnerable and it might be part of your experience. You know, how many young children do you know that weren't ill in their youth we're surrounded by dying contemporaries yeah. so that you might have learned very early on. Well, I'm going to just face whatever it is head on and say what I think. I did. And you know, what's interesting is while yes, I was surrounded by a lot of different environmental um, opportunities to learn about death at an early age, uh, the biggest, what I've come to understand is that the abuse and neglect that I experienced as a young child made me better. And this is something I really, really want to talk about one day because when we look at the way people are treated, it's very easy to throw stones. It's very easy to say that parent is bad, that child is bad, that person is bad. But everybody's doing the best they can with what they have at the time. Mm -hmm. It doesn't necessarily mean it doesn't necessarily mean they're doing well, but they're doing the best they mm -hmm. can. Right. And right. so by having parents who were wonderful human beings, absolutely wonderful human beings, who were horrible parents to me, I'm so grateful for that because through my learning how to live with very little direction and very little support, I had to become self-reliant. I mm -hmm. got to figure out early on how to navigate my life without guidance from an individual, a trusted person, a stable person. And so, of course, there have been so many things that have been more difficult than maybe they had to be or they would have been if, you know, I were a different, if I were born into a different family. But who cares? The fact is that this was my life and I've always gone through it this way. And so 
I recognize now, as I look out, what a blessing it was to have lived the life I lived and how lucky I was to have the parents that I had. That's not to say, hey, everybody, it's cool to hurt your kids. It's not. That is not okay. And if you've been a hurt kid or you've been a hurt spouse or you've been a hurt human because you have, you're still here and you are better for overcoming whatever it is you've overcome. Because as you come through something, you know better and you don't have to experience it again unless you don't get reflective. And like you were saying before, right? If we're not analyzing what went right, what went wrong, how did I enjoy this? How did I not enjoy this? Then we're not gonna do things differently in the future. Does that make any sense? Yes. And you were not only fortunate to have the parents you had, you were fortunate to have the nature you were born with because it made you stronger. It made you look at them and say, perhaps I don't know exactly what I want, but I do know what I don't want. And I can only rely on myself. There are no responsible adults here. It's going to be all me. And that, you know, helped you become who you are now. I don't know if it resulted in any trust issues uh, so that you had to completely rely on your own decision making. And and that and if you're not showing that you love me or, you know, you bring that forward. Well, I'm not seeing that you are loving me. And if you're rejecting me, then I'm going to move on because I've been there and I'm just going to move on. If you don't love me, then I'm going to, you know, be with somebody that does love me. Yeah. So thank you for that. And that the thing is, it it is me. It is. I understand now that this is what I was born for. And so as I was a child, I didn't know necessarily what I wanted as in you know, the big picture. I mean, when I was a kid, I, you know, I wanted to be an actress when I grew up and there were things that I enjoyed. And I mean, I was a normal human like everybody else, but I had a very, very, very strong feeling that I, or strong knowing that I did not want to live the way I was living. Mm-hmm. Meaning I did not want to be surrounded by screaming. I did not want to be surrounded violence. I did not want to be surrounded by alcohol. These were very, very clear to me as a child. They were very clear indicators of unwanted. And so what I wanted was peace since I was very, very young. And so when I was 16 years old, my father finally hurt me enough to where I could finagle my way out of there. He didn't mean to, he never meant to, but he wound up going to punch me. I was sitting on the floor in the TV room, was playing solitaire. My brother was on the sofa. He was, we were arguing over the television. It was back when, um, (laughs) back when TVs were a little bit different. 
and <laughs> cable was still new. <laughs> and we had that, that cable box where you had to, um, it had the dial on the one side and it had the buttons and you'd press one, but you had to, you could dial it up or you, you press and the clicking and, and then there was, uh, the remote control. It was, this is an old, oh, old remote, very different than now, as I'm sure you know. Um, mm-hmm. But my brother had the remote and he was changing the channel. And then I would stand up and push the button on the box and sit back down. So I was sitting on the floor by the TV. He was sitting on the sofa and we were bickering about what was on TV. And I guess my father got a hair up his ass from the kitchen and came in. And I just remember like slow motion, him walking towards me and standing over me and his arm coming up. And his fist coming right down at my face. And I turned my head and covered my face with my hand, or I put my hand on my head and turned my face. And he wound up when he punched me, when he when he punched me, he broke a couple of bones in my hand. And when my mother took me to the urgent care, I told her on the way, you have a choice to make now. Either you let me go, because I'd been trying to get out of there for a long time. Either you let me go and emancipate me. And I tell them that I was moving furniture and the shelf fell on my hand. Or you don't. And I tell them what really happened. And your husband will finally go to jail. And it was a very easy decision for her. And that was my out. And I moved out. And so, go ahead, sorry. No, that's extraordinary. And that you, you know, some children in those violent circumstances just cower in fear until the moment they can leave uh, without precipitating that moment themselves. Yes. Yeah. But you, you know, you were able to draw a line and find the out for yourself. Because I'm not here for it. I was born for peace. I was born as a messenger of peace. I was born to learn how to live in peace, despite my circumstances. And I have taken that in everything that I've done as a crisis responder, as a correctional officer, in marketing. It doesn't matter. Everywhere I've gone in my life, and this is what, you know, moving through this this past year has just, I mean, it's fascinating. It's it's so crazy out there. Um, but I mean, I had a death experience and I had a conversation with God, if you will. You know, it wasn't as I imagined people having conversations with God because um, I never really had any constructs or any any systems that I fully bought into. I was a kid who got to experience a lot of opportunity. And let me be clear, again, my parents are amazing human beings. They're fallible. We are all fallible. And it is never okay to punch your kid. Absolutely not. And my father felt that. He he understood the mistake he made. Cannot change what happened in the past when you understand that you messed up. You cannot go back, but you can go forward in a way of humility and recognition. And when you recognize 
that what you have done to get to where you are may not have been the best way, you get to reestablish a relationship and with yourself, right? And even if the other person, even if I hadn't wanted to have anything to do with my father, it, that, that has nothing to do with it. But my father had the opportunity to reestablish his relationship with himself as a father. Whether he did or not, I have no idea because that's none of my mm. business. But everybody goes through life learning. Everybody goes through life living. And when we recognize that what we have done in our past is not how we want to do in the future, we get to change it. So I know this is like gone kind of a bit off topic, but my point in all of this was I knew I wanted to be somewhere where I did not have to cover my ears or hide or whatever, right? And so I created that. And so no matter what my circumstances for the rest of my life have been, peace has always been paramount to me. And so that's that's my operating system. And everything mm. goes through that filter now. Is this bringing me closer to that which I want, which is joy, peace, love, ease? <laughs> like if it feels good, then I'm moving forward. If it does not feel good, I'm not going to stick around for it. Now, that doesn't mean that I just jump from one thing to the next without fully investing, but I fully invest in everything and everyone up front. I'm not, I have no fear of rejection. Honestly, I have fear of, of acceptance. I'm way more uncomfortable with success. I'm way more uncomfortable with being appreciated because that's what's not common, right? Mm -hmm. So, so for, really, so do you really, how do you handle that then? Handle what? Success and being appreciated for your talent. It's uncomfortable. I suspect that, I mean, I suspect as we're having this conversation right now, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> Perhaps I feel a little bit like my fear in being seen or it's not even seen. Like, I'm again, I'm being vulnerable is just being human to me. It's just being me. Um, and so I'm not concerned with whether or not I am accepted or not. Ah, here it is. I'm concerned with perceived value. So in creating this podcast, you know, it's like I've gone back in my head so many times and I know how to be a podcast host. I know how to produce a show. I've been doing this for a very long time, but I have been doing it as a host, highlighting other people, talking about things that other people want to talk about. And so with this show, I'm dialing it back. And it's not about the people. It's about the listener. So whoever is listening, I want you to have an expansive experience. When you listen to an episode, I'm not wanting you to learn about somebody's story so that you know somebody's story that's aspirational. I want you to know about yourself better. I want you to be triggered in all sorts of different ways 
by what you hear so that you can grow. That's my ultimate goal with this show. And coming, bringing this to, to life has been, well, it's been a long time. It's been years I've been wanting to do something like this. But it took, it, it took all of these things to happen in order for me to be at a point where I'm ready to do it. And so, I mean, I'm talking about stuff like I'm talking about God all the time because I know God. I know what I know. I know how to talk about these things because I'm talking about personal understanding and personal experience. But my personal experience goes against the beliefs of many people. And so I've never worried about being polarizing. I've never worried about being um being seen i guess in that way like i am who i am but i never want to make other people uncomfortable that's what it is carol i have all that's that's the wound it's i learned to navigate my life by walking on eggshells understanding this human being if this human being feels as as out of sorts, they're going to do this thing. They're going to have this behavior, which will trigger this other human being to behave in this other way. So I was an observer of my parents and my brother right from the beginning and understood if this, then that. And so, yeah, I guess that's the thing is I've never wanted to make people uncomfortable or I've never wanted to be seen as a burden. And you said something to me about hoping that this is a value and that it's worth my time. And it 100% is worth my time. But that's the kind of thing that I have often in my life felt like I am not worth this person's time. I am not worth this person's attention. I am not worth this person's investment. And that definitely comes from my early experiences. And I've just carried those feelings on internally. I can overcome all of it and I still do life regardless, but those are the internal wounds that trigger the fear, I think. Yeah, I completely understand that that's how I walk through the world, mm. that I feel like I uh, just do not present with worthwhile value. But you know better, right? I mean, logically, but emotionally, no. Absolutely not. So how do we shift that? How do we get you from having a knowing to having a feeling that are are congruent? Well, that is the million-dollar question, isn't it? Uh, And certainly I've been working on that. Um, I don't know. I hope I'll know when I get there. I mean, I can make lists. I can point to people that love me, but uh, that isn't enough. You know, it's the inside job and I'm, I just, I just don't know. I, I really don't know. I could talk about it. I could write about it. I don't know when it will manifest that I will feel or recognize my genuine value. I I don't know. 
Are you open to an experiment with me? Sure. I would love to have another conversation with you about this, mm -hmm. where we literally work through that. Would you Okay. be open to that? Sure. Sweet. I think it would be an amazing opportunity for the listeners and hopefully for you <laughs> to, to go through an exercise that's really focused on that, on helping you get to where you want to be. All right. I think that would be worthwhile because I want to get there. Amazing. How about after our call, think about what your goal is, how you want to feel, and maybe you want to make some notes. However you want to do this, this is fine. But I'd like you to come up with how you have been feeling less than historically, how you would like to be feeling regularly, And the next time we talk, we can jump into that and see if we can come up with a solution in record time. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't that be something? that's All right, what, let's it's do my that. magic. I mean, that's Okay. what usually happens when I, when I deal with people, you know, like when I, when I work with people and they come to me for a specific thing, I mean, that's, it's so, I, I love I love this God-given gift. I mean, it is, it is magic. And that is how I feel valuable in the world. When I know that the impact that my presence has for the betterment of another human being, I understand the ripple effect of that. I understand that one person walking through the world a little more peacefully has such a huge impact on the world at large and for future generations. That's what it's all about because we're going to be gone. 2,000 years ago, people walked around the earth. We don't even know who they were. You know, Right. I mean, we know stories. maybe we'll be maybe we'll be remembered for a generation. Maybe, Maybe we you won't. know, unless you are some great historical figure. And even that what uh, is passed down through the generations isn't necessarily accurate. Exactly. And that's the point is that it's all story. We live 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year from the moment we are born until the moment we die. And there ain't nobody taking notes. We are each living our experience. And when it is over, it is over. And what people say about us after we're gone, they're just stories. They're just Mm -hmm. memories. They're subjective. And so it's far more important, in my opinion, that people learn to know themselves, to self-actualize while they're still alive and they get to enjoy their life. Considering abuse and neglect that you've experienced in your life, Can you see how getting through it has made you more resilient? Can you find new, more empowering ways to redefine your past and bring that into the future for the betterment of yourself and others? 
We'd love to hear what comes up for you. So join us in the private Growth Seekers Welcome Membership community or share it with us on the socials using the hashtag Growth Seekers Welcome. If you receive value from this episode, please subscribe and share this podcast with friends and family who might also benefit from the wisdom expressed. Your thoughtful rating and review is always appreciated as it helps conscientious growth seekers like you find our channel. Thank you for listening. We look forward to hearing from you soon at growthseekerswelcome.com. Until next time, peace be with you.